guys, welcome to the latest episode of This Unbelievable Life. Today I have on with me Nikki Waller, the Director of Relational and Financial Development at Hope of Evansville. Hope's mission is to provide, promote, and sustain affordable housing and credit counseling opportunities for low to moderate income families. Nikki, take it away. My title is so long and obnoxious. I keep <laughs> saying I want to change it. Um, and, you know, but there really is no better way to succinctly say what I do at Hope. So I just shorten it. I tell stories and I do the money. So I take them. I take donations. We're a nonprofit. I invoice for grants. I do grant applications. I do the accounting side, too. So literally tell the stories, take the money and put it where it goes. And so. That's kind of what I do at Hope and Hope of Evansville is a nonprofit. Like you said, our focus is in housing. And I, I know it sounds like a profound statement to say, I know it does, but we literally, we help people break generational poverty through homeownership. And that is wild to say, it really is. But that's true. You know, our down payment assistance program, many of our home buyers are first time home buyers. And all of them are under 80% of the area median income. And if you are a homeowner, you know what home ownership has enabled you to do. It's not just having a home. You have a savings account to sleep in at night, right? Sometimes you can cash in your equity and, you know, go do some investment things, or you can, I don't know, sell your house and buy a bigger house because your family grew, those kinds of things. That is what I mean when I say we help people break generational poverty. A majority or not a majority. I think it's actually, I should have brushed up on the percentage before I came on, but it's like 47, 49% of the people who receive down payment assistance from us are black for African-American. And if you look at that as a whole, 13% of Evansville's population are black or African-American. So that tells you that we are really focused in minority populations. We have fewer Hispanic clients, um, I think 3% was the number on the number of Hispanic clients we have, but over 60% are um, female headed households, households. So that's your single mom, you know, kind of thing. And, um, and those are the clients that we help. Those are the people who need us the most. We aren't helping people, you know, charity is so critical to our community. That's not what Hope of Evansville is. We're not a charity organization. We are here to help people level up. You know, for somebody who is like, you know what, I am ready to step my financial game up. I'm sure I'm ready to move forward and get it together. Come to us because we do we do it from the beginning, from the um, I want to buy a house. How do I do that <laughs> stage to closing? You know, that's where we want to see people. We get so many people who call us and say, you know, um, I was looking at this credit consolidation agency and they want five hundred dollars to consolidate my credit. And we're like, or you can come to us and we'll teach you how to do that yourself. We will sit down with you and we ask a lot of our clients. We say, get us all of this documentation. Show us who lives in your house, how much money you're making, how much money you have in the bank. It's a very invasive process, but so is buying a home. You know, So we look at somebody's exact financial situation and our housing counselors will sit down with them, make a credit improvement plan and a budgeting plan. And kind of a, here's where you can go, you know, plan. Our um, 
Pre-purchase counselors, they know about special mortgage programs that are available in our community. Some banks have mortgage programs for people in a certain criteria that has zero, per, zero PMI, which is the private mortgage interest, which is like throwing money away. Hey, I'm going to pay you for letting me pay you kind of thing, right? So we have, we know about those programs. There's um, a realtor actually I know of that gives a percentage of her closing back to a certain criteria of person. We know these things. We're able to like take all of the information that we have and share it with people in a very, you know, no pressure atmosphere because we're a nonprofit. You know, we're not, we're not selling you anything. We're here to help somebody else buy a home. Uh, that's not all we do. And I would kind of transition to my other programs, unless there's a question you think, or something that you think I forgot to touch on. No, I think that was wonderful information. So carry well, on. Actually, I did. I forgot to say how much people can get in down payment assistance, which is really important. Um, somebody who's buying a home can get up to $15,000 from us in down payment assistance. They have to be low to moderate income which is under 80% of the area median income. And they have to be a first time home buyer. And there's a couple more criteria that needs to be met. Like it has to be within Evansville city limits and it can't be a flip, right? It has to be a home that you can move into and all major systems are functioning. Um, but that is a forgivable grant. So, um, and there's, there's levels to this, right? So if you buy a house, uh, you know, $0, which good luck to $149,999, you can get a maximum of $10,000 from us. Now that $10,000 cannot exceed 10% of the price. So if you buy $80,000 home, you can only get eight. Does that make sense? That is forgivable after five years at 20% a year. So if you take our down payment assistance and three years later, you, I don't know, get married or get a job in another town and you need to sell the home, you only have to pay back a portion of that down payment assistance and it's prorated. So 20% a year. So in three years, 60% of it's forgiven. I don't know that math right now, but if the home is 150,000 to our maximum for a new development, 215,000, um, you can get, it is forgivable after 10 years at 10% a year. Again, same thing every year, 10% comes off, 10% comes off. If you have to sell that home, you just pay back a, a portion of what's still left in the affordability period. So that is huge in helping break down barriers to housing. I mean, that really, that, that changes the game for so many people. Okay. I think I covered down payment assistance. Um, so we also have a foreclosure prevention program. Uh, foreclosure prevention is obviously in high demand and it's not something we're happy about. We have asked, had to hire three additional counselors to meet the need on this program. Foreclosure prevention services are statewide. So last month, and actually, I'm sorry, um, last, an, an average monthly service number is 218 clients approved for financial assistance from a federally funded program for foreclosure. It's called Homeowners Assistance Fund, Indiana Homeowners Assistance Fund. But we have that many people approved. I was talking to one of our counselors yesterday and I said, how many clients do you have right now? She said, I have 600 clients. That is huge. And those are people she's reaching out to and helping them apply for these funds. So we have a housing counselor who will reach out and say, um, Hey, I saw you applied for this program. Let's talk about your situation. 
So the homeowner will tell, and uh, right now it is restricted to people who were impacted by COVID, which is like all of us, I think, honestly, a lot of, a lot of us were, um, but there are people, you know, people who had to quit their jobs because their kids' daycare was no longer open during COVID, you know, and they couldn't work for nine months and then they were having to homeschool their kids. And so these are the people that who were really, really impacted. And that impact didn't end when we reopened the city and took the masks off, right? That impact is ongoing. I mean, if you've ever been in a financial struggle and I've been in a financial struggle, it is hard to get out from underneath that burden that is created through it. You know, it is hard to get out of debt. If you ever max out a single credit card, it is nearly impossible to unmax it out because so much of it is fees, you know, late fees, interest, yada, yada, whatever they want to fee fee, you know? Um, so getting out from underneath that is really difficult. And we still have people who are impacted by it. Uh, foreclosure prevention, somebody can get up to $30,000 to bring a delinquent mortgage current and slash or six months of payments moving forward. So it, let's say you were laid off during COVID, you got behind, you're still behind, um, you're working on getting things together, you can get into this program, prove your hardship, prove that you're able to move forward um, with making your payments. They bring your delinquent mortgage current and help you for a few months kind of thing, just so you can get back on your feet. Um, most Americans, I think I saw a, stat, a st statistic the other day that said most Americans have less than $400 in savings. And those people, many of them lost their job without warning, you know? So we know the struggles that were created. I mean, we see it in our own community. So like I said, we're not happy that program is booming, but I'm really glad we're able to help people. Now, if somebody comes to us and they say, hey, I'm about to lose my house. No, I didn't have a COVID hardship. I had this happen. Um, we're able to do what's called a loss mitigation package where our housing counselor will actually work with the homeowner and the lender to create a plan. Say, hey, you don't want to foreclose on this home. They don't want to be foreclosed on. Let's work together, create a budget, a uh, payment that's affordable to them moving forward because I don't know, maybe they're, they were divorced, you know, and lost half their income whenever their spouse left, you know, but moving would be more detrimental than, you know, figuring it out. So they figure it all out, you know, and that's what our foreclosure prevention counselors are able to do. We also have a rental counseling program. Um, sometimes depending on funding availability, there is a financial incentive at the end of it. Uh, the purpose behind our rental counseling program is to get people in the door. Uh, I, most of our clients who come to us for rental counseling want to become homeowners. So there are people who are starting in those beginning stages I talked about in the beginning. We have a program called Comprehensive Financial Coaching, and we tie those two things in together. So if somebody comes to our financial education classes, they meet with a counselor, they do a comprehensive budget, they do a credit review, all these things, and they make an action plan, there is the opportunity that they could get up to $500 towards debt relief, um, rent, or a utility payment. Now, why $500? Well, if you, I don't know, listen to any financial advice of Dave Ramsey, for example, um, he says, start with your emergency fund, $500 minimum in an emergency fund, right? You say $500, you're better off than the majority of Americans are today. So that's why we set it at $500. Because the point is, 
If we can pay 500 towards your rent, you can take that 500, put it in savings. And now you're ready for step two in your budgeting journey, right? So that's those programs. And our last and probably most noticeable program is our housing development and housing rehab programs. So uh, if you're familiar with the Haney's Corner area, which who isn't, right? <laughs> um, you know, 15 years ago, it wasn't what it is today. Right. 15 years ago, the, actually the, the residents in that neighborhood led this entire initiative where they kind of came together and they said, how can we fix our neighborhood? And they say, okay, here's, here's what we would like to see. We want to see better housing. We want to see more things to do. We want to see places to eat, right? And so then these residents of the area started reaching out to nonprofit organizations, to the city of Evansville, um, Department of Metropolitan Development. And they said, this is what we want in our neighborhood. Can you help us get this? So Hope of Evansville, in partnership with the Department of Metropolitan Development, started developing housing as a part of that program. Now, you know, Habitat for Humanity um, was developing housing, too. And anytime you see a house developed by Hope, Hope of Evansville, you see a Habitat house across the street. And I'll explain the reason for that in just a minute. Um, but what we did, I mean, there were millions invested initially. I think it was $3 million, but don't quote me on that, actually. There were millions of dollars invested in housing. We developed this these beautiful homes, and you wouldn't know they were our homes if you saw them, because believe me, I didn't until I started working here. And we sold them to people who were under 80% of the area median income. Then, which, you know, just kind of... For reference, I think for a family of four, it's in the 50s, an area median income. So 80% is. So then we applied for a tax credit project and we were approved. And so we saw our initial investment, a big investment in the neighborhood in $10 million. And we put that in single family scattered site housing. Now, which houses are those? If you drive around Haney's Corner, you see, or the Goose Town neighborhood, you see our homes. They're the green and yellow and purple, two-story homes with an attached garage. First time I saw one, um, before I worked at Hope, my husband, he's a, he's a juvenile probation officer, and he had dropped something off to one of his kids at one time. And we pull up to this house, and I was like, well, that house kind of seems out of place, you know, because it's this two-story home and all the homes around it were kind of, you know, falling apart. And he said, that's, that's Habitat. And I said, yes, Habitat's really stepped it up. No, it wasn't Habitat. It was a Hope home. But the point is, is that it's the same type of program just for a different portion of the need. So, so back to what I was saying about whenever you'll see a Hope home, you'll always see a Habitat home. So the income spectrum that people develop housing for in our low to moderate income housing range is 30 to 80% of the area median income. That is where we know there is the most need for affordable housing. Habitat, they will go all the way up to 80, but a majority of their clients are kind of in the lower end of that spectrum. Hope targets the higher end of that spectrum. So all of these people need housing. What we also see as an uh, kind of an emerging a bigger, it's becoming a bigger problem, is there's this sector from people who are 80 to like 140%, right? It's kind of the invisible class is what we, we are calling them. They're just kind of invisible. They don't really get, you know, the housing and the, all of the federal assistance, but they still need it, right? So we don't have a plan for them yet. We don't. 
frankly, I don't at least. Um, but what we are doing is we are creating what we call income diverse neighborhoods. We're building diversity within very, very developed or becoming developed areas. So you'll have, I mean, if you drive, you see it, you see it firsthand. If you drive down around Goosetown and Haney's Corner, you know that that a surgeon owns that house and somebody who, you know, and habitat houses down here, we're creating income, income diverse neighborhoods that way, because that's how people succeed. That's how people thrive. There are studies all, all over about it. There's this one study called and I, I read it right whenever I started working at Hope. It's called the Move to Opportunity Study. And so what that study did was it took a group of people and it followed them for 20 years, I think. And it took them out of high poverty neighborhoods and moved them into lower poverty neighborhoods. That means there were fewer people in poverty around them, right? So they took them out of being surrounded by it. And it was confusing to me when I first read it because I was, anyways. So they moved them there and they gave them a housing choice voucher, which is section eight or housing authority. They gave them a voucher so that it was still affordable to them. What they saw over 20 years, the outcomes were crazy. There were fewer teenage pregnancies. There were more college diplomas. There was a higher earned income over time. Now, when somebody's earning a higher income, what are they doing for the economy? They're paying into taxes. They're buying homes. They're um, spending money on extracurricular activities for their kids and tutoring. And we, there is an actual study that has proved that creating income diverse, diverse neighborhoods is better for people who are lower income. So we don't want to create concentrations of poverty. It's what we don't want to do. You know, uh, that was the mistake that was done decades ago. And we see it today. That's why we have, you know, the bad parts of town and the good parts of town. It should just be a town, right? So we've taken the success that we've seen and we've taken that model that we know works and we're turning our attention to Jacobsville neighborhood because Jacobsville is another inner city neighborhood that's, you know, not seen development for some time. And again, the residents started the action, right? They came together, they said, all right, here's our action plan. And they wrote it up, gave it to the city. City put, you know, a few million in. We have the aquatic center down at the end of Main Street. We have like really cool developments happening right on Main Street. And we are a part of that. We actually bought the old Burger King building on Main Street and it's been vacant for like 20 years. And we gutted it. And now we're rehabbing it and it's huge, which I didn't think it was that big, but it's huge. We took everything out of it and we're like, what are we going to do with all this space? So that is part of what we're doing in Jacobsville. We also rehabbed one home is completed in Jacobsville. We took a home on Tennessee street and I mean, there was a tree growing in that home. <laughs> you know, We cut the tree out. We lifted the house up, fixed the foundation. I mean, we fixed everything on this house. And then we sold it to somebody who was under 80% of the area median income. Him and his girlfriend, I think they have like four kids. And they ended up buying the lot next door. And if you go there today, it looks completely different than it did three years ago. Because when we developed this house, well, now the house across the street got some siding. And then the other house across the street is now a habitat home. And so you see, it's like contagious, you know, <laughs> it's a, have you ever listened to the broken window theory? 
right? Where if there's a house on one street with a broken window, there's likely to be another house on one street with a broken window. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but you should go look it up. It's fascinating if you think human nature's interesting. Um, but we've, we're, we're moving on. We're moving on now. So now we have a home at 121 East Missouri that is so close to starting on rehab. Um, we're using federal funds to rehab it. So there's a, lot, a few more T's to cross and I's to dot and some other red tape to get through. Um, so it's taking a little bit longer. We have another home at 618 Delaware. I think it's East. Um, and then we have a home at 1107 Baker Avenue. So we have three homes in Jacobsville that we are getting ready to um, develop. And we're rehabbing housing now, which is good because there's actually, I think 13% of the homes in the Jacobsville neighborhood are considered substandard, which means they're either um, overcrowded with too many people living in them or don't have plumbing. And that's occupied homes. That 13% is occupied homes. And granted, that statistic is from 2020, so it might be slightly different now, but still. Um, and I know that because I just presented on it. <laughs> but imagine living in a home with, you know, six other people and that's all you got. You're probably paying like seven, eight hundred dollars a month in rent, rent because, you know, that's market rate. And so, yeah, that is Hope of Evansville in something like a nutshell. <laughs> tell us where to find more information if somebody needs help wants to donate wants to volunteer where do we find yes. you how do we get interested yes yeah, so we have we have some fun things coming up um, that people could participate in uh what we are doing right now is we're calling them hope home tours you can come to one of our house houses that is not being re has not been rehabbed um our next one's on june 8th it's at 618 delaware and um you can come walk around it. I mean, it's like HGTV in real life. You get to see it before. I might show you something in the middle and then afterwards, you know, kind of thing. Um, we're doing that June 8th again, and then we're doing every other month. And I don't know, you know which one's next. It depends on where everything is. But again, every other month, you're doing a Hope Home Tour. We are selling bricks to help with the development of our new office. We have these cute, you know, the four by eight bricks. You can write your name on it. You can write anything you want, as long as it's not profane, you know, and we'll cement it into the sidewalk for life. And it's only a hundred dollars. You can get them on our website and I'll give that in a minute. And we also have a golf scramble coming up October 30th. It's our first one. And so we're really excited about it, um, hoping to generate a little bit of buzz around it. It'll be right at the end of the golfing season. So maybe we'll get some people trying to get that last tee in um, again, October 30th. And that's a Monday. I hope it's not cold and costumes are welcome. <laughs> um, if somebody wants to get a hold of us, is interested in becoming a homeowner, step one is going to our website, hopeofevansville.org. Again, that's hopeofevansville.org. And fill out our pre-purchase application. Fill out the application, don't pay an application fee, and attend their shot. So we do have a $35 application fee if somebody wants to buy a home. Um, there are a few more reports we have to get if somebody is buying a home. So that's what that application fee is for. Now, if somebody is at the, you know, I think I want to be a homeowner stage, definitely need to come to Fair Shot because if you attend, Fair Shot's our financial education. If you attend two Fair Shot classes, you get that application fee waived. 
So um, if somebody is in the, I think I want to buy a home phase, home to fair shot. We talk about budgeting. We talk about mortgages and credit in a super one-on-one way. That's like, what does FHA stand for? What's, how do they decide my credit score? How do they know that I, you know, <laughs> have a 400 credit scores or 700, who knows? But those are the things we talk about in fair shot. And we also kind of give somebody an overview of all of our programs and all of the ways that they can get um, the help that they need. Then from fair shot, somebody would get a meeting with a counselor and the counselor would work with them and say, okay, this seems like a good route for you. Here's your action steps, take them, come back whenever you're finished kind of thing. Um, so if somebody wants to get involved with that, start at our website, the pre-purchase application or at FairShot. If somebody is facing foreclosure, our application for foreclosure prevention assistance is on our website too. If you go hopeofevansville.org, applications is in the top right corner and it just, there's two, pre-purchase or foreclosure, fill out the appropriate one. Foreclosure prevention services are 100% free. Um, just fill out the application and we'll contact you and see what program is the best fit for you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your unbelievable life and all the fantastic things you guys do in the community. And one thing I just want to add to this is, you know, we talk about first time home buyers, but honestly, my oldest first time home buyer was in her sixties. It is yes. not just, you know, young adults in their twenties and thirties. You can be a first time home buyer at any age. So Any I, age. And I, I, yeah, I spoke with a woman one time. She said, I'm too old to buy a house. I said, not. <laughs> or... exactly. exactly. And it's transformative, just like you said. And, and, and that the whole concept of, of a proving to yourself that you can do it, but then your children see it or your grandchildren see it. You set the tone, you set the inspiration. So thank you all for you guys being so inspirational and, and giving literal hope to so many people. With that said, I just want to thank everybody for listening and wish everybody a blessed and wonderful day.